Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with Victor Roman. Victor, do you go by Victor Sr., or are you... I'm James Beckett the third, by the way. You're Victor Roman okay. the Sr. Yeah, at home, I'm Victor Roman, Victor Sr. Everywhere else, I'm just Victor. Okay, Victor. Well, I'm just Jim, so you call me that. But again, thanks, sponsors, for making this possible. Top Spinini, Upper Deck, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, ComC.com, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Huggins and Scott Auctions, and Heritage Auctions. All of the sponsors have been affected one way or another in a major way by the definition of a rookie card, which uh, has been at different times controversial. And Victor, uh, welcome to the show. You've studied this in great detail. You've got some great resources. So uh, again, welcome to the show, Victor Roman. And uh, tell us why you're, just tell us about your hobby journey and how you came to focus on rookie cards, the RC Yes, Jim. Thank you for having me on. First and foremost, I am overwhelmed with gratitude for the opportunity. And I know there's a proverb that says, among many counselors, uh, there is safety. And you are that safety net in the hobby, giving us the wisdom that you have. And it's just been uh, tremendous hearing your podcast. I don't miss an episode. I've learned so much. You fill in the gaps for me so much. And I thank you for your podcast. Well, I, I wish I could take credit for your work, but unfortunately, I think your work predates my podcast. Uh, you've got some excellent resources on just what constitutes a rookie card and how historically that's evolved. And well, I'm going to look forward to discussing that with you. So why are you so excited about that? I'm excited because it really goes back into my origin story. I started, I was influenced by collecting in 1976 with all the Hostess and Kellogg's brands, uh, all of the food and beverage issues back then. But that was what I call the seed being planted. It wasn't until later on in 1981 that I can truly say I became a collector. And in that, my father used to, on Fridays, I guess it was payday, and he would come home typically with a candy bar for me. And that was only the times when I wasn't grounded or did something wrong. <laughs> but when I was in good graces with dad, he would come home on Fridays and bring me a candy bar. One particular Friday, it was the summer of 1981, Dad didn't bring me a candy bar. Instead, he brought me like 12 packs of baseball cards. And it was Fleer and Donruss, more specifically. And he sat me down and he explained to me what these were and what I should do with them. And, and I remember him always expressing, take care of them, which uh, I was 10 years old at the time. And that, that didn't happen. But that was the light that ignited my collecting passion. And I recall one card. I was sitting there. My dad was watching a ball game one, one evening. And I was thumbing through my cards and playing with my cards. And there was a card, which was the 1979 Ozzy Smith rookie card. I'm sure you're aware of it. But in that photo, Ozzy Smith had the sideburns that looked exactly like my dad's sideburns. And I made mention to that to my dad. I go, look, dad, his sideburns look just like yours. And he goes, yeah, that's Ozzy Smith. That's a really good card. You want to make sure you take care of that one. And that really was like an aha moment for me because it was like my dad telling me to really take care of this card because this was a special card. And that happened to be Ozzy Smith's rookie card. So falling in love with rookie cards very early on really set the tone for me. And that same year, 1981, we had Fernando Valenzuela also had a phenomenal year. And I know, in the in, at least in the Hispanic community, he was just an icon. This guy was something really that everybody was wanting his cards. And his cards in 1981 just so happened to be his rookie cards. So factoring those two events in my life really influenced me 
on my collecting journey. But Victor, did you consider that, were you even thinking that, was your dad saying this is Ozzy's rookie card? Or, or, or was it just the first Fernando Mania opportunity that came up? Or, or were you thinking this will have value because it's a rookie card? I don't think, it, I don't recall my dad mentioning a term like rookie card or value. He just made mention that this was a really important card. And I put that card away to the side knowing that it was a very important card, but didn't really truly know why until years later. Okay. And did, was there some, did you get caught up in some of the confusion of the 80s and the 90s where what was a rookie card and what wasn't was a little bit up for grabs? Oh my goodness. Yeah. And especially right around the years, 1986, 1987, I recall an episode over at the local card shop that I, that I used to go to. And I, and I really, all I was doing was overhearing the older gentleman talk about what was going on, but there was a lot of topic with rookie cards and especially the XRC. There was, I, I remember just like some heated debates that were going on and I wasn't worried about what the old heads were doing. I was just more worried about my thing, but I do remember the conversation taking place at that time and the confusion. What, what do you think about the XRC? Do you, do you understand how that came about and who was responsible for that? Yeah, according to, well, I, it's a question that I've always wanted to pose to you, but I've never really had any. This is your chance, because <laughs> I think I know uh, the answer. <laughs> <laughs> what is the origins of the rookie card? My my research shows me one thing, but I wanted to verify it with the, the, the source itself. I mean, there were rookie cards. People didn't even call it that in the kind of the 70s. I think there wasn't really much interest. I mean, the guy's first card would be his toughest card a lot of times. In the 80s, you started, there started to be more recognition of rookie cards. And that was, and you had Don Mattingly in 84 and Gooden and Clemens and a series of guys in the mid 80s after the magazine had started. But, and Daryl Strawberry, who's problematic, but who was huge at the time. And even Clemens, like I say, with the 84 Fleur update. So the problem was, is that they weren't most of those, they were extended sets, but they were also, traded or update sets and they weren't issued in packs in most cases there is one exception to that i think but in fact ozzy smith he's got it's not his rookie card but he's got his 82 tops traded it's his first cardinals card okay and so people like that but they didn't say that's his cardinals rookie or anything the xrc was an attempt to straddle the issue and to have both it probably made things more complicated but it avoided making a choice to say that the the 83 strawberry was invalid or not a rookie card when there were a lot of people that had it it was a really good card but it wasn't available in a pack and then when right. you have his 84 cards coming along you say well, okay wait a minute are those not rookie cards because he had already had a card in late 83 so xrc was to try to have both and to distinguish that the xrc the problem is when you had the three companies you had some companies following up stronger than others the next year and somebody could have a first Donruss card that was two years after his extended card or a first Fleer card or a first Topps card. And so we got into alphabet soup. And right. if you were on the receiving end of that, it had to be confusing. But from my vantage point, it was trying to make sense of something that didn't have, in my mind, a simple solution. Okay. And so then the when did the publications start begin using the XRC? I'd have to look that up, but it started in the magazines. It started in the magazines. There was there was a lot of back and forth. We had a bunch of meetings about that. But research shows that the publication 
quit using it in 1988. The quit, the, I don't remember us quitting in, a, in the fullest sense of it as much as we, we had by 88, there were so many different firsts that we cut back. Yeah. I didn't remember okay. that we cut back on the XRCs, the well-defined, historically recognized. I, I'd have to look that up, but I do know that we cut back because it was getting so confusing to note because now you had scores. Everybody's first score card would be 88 and okay. then upper deck. Everybody's first upper deck card would be 89 except for Wally and Dwayne. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not, I wasn't trying to make things complicated. Our team wasn't trying to make things complicated, but it, it was just... The card companies made it difficult. Yeah, you know? they did. And Major League Baseball Players Association was not, I won't say part of the problem in one sense, but they had different deals with different card companies, which allowed, in one case, a Tops to be have a, an edge in terms of their Bowman brand. And that's really how it, how it came to a head. Yeah, yeah. And I know even in 2001, there was such an uproar with certain sets. I know the hobby publications had to, bring back the XRC per se, just to stifle all the confusion and, and trying to bring somewhat order into the chaos. But my other question, Dr. Beckett, that I was really yearning for an opportunity would be the origins of the rookie card inside Beckett magazine. Now, is that something that Beckett created or did that already exist? Well, I'm not sure what you mean. The, the, the rookie card identifier. Oh, putting RC the in there? RC, yeah. I'm not sure what you're asking. We we put it in there because that's people asked for it, and it was, you know. Okay. But it, the problem became later is that there was discussion that I had and we had with primarily Major League Baseball Players Association that there was this tug of war, which I think you've pointed out in your documentation that they were saying collectors don't think it's a rookie card unless you say it is. And we want it to be, it's not a rookie card unless we say it is. And so that's really what it came down to. And so, and what I said in those conversations was that I'm trying to reflect what I see collectors doing. If they're recognizing something as a rookie card, I'm going to put it on, I'm going to put an RC next to it. On the other hand, you've captured, you've captured the modern version of the, your 10 commandments of, of what's a rookie card. But it, there were less than 10, I think, back 30 years ago, 35 years ago. But there were some rules. And one of the problems we had is as soon as we would publish the rules, one of the card companies would would try to stretch the rules and try to come right. up with an exception. And I think you pointed out, tell the my listeners where they can get some of your stuff, because you, you've got some great stuff that I highly recommend. Yeah, I appreciate it, Jim. I'm, uh, I have a YouTube channel that I started this year. It's The name of the channel is All Time Breaks Blog. And in there, I feature three episodes that encompasses the the history of the rookie card, per se. Now, the, the first video in that series pertains to the history, but it's broad strokes. I didn't get into a lot of details because the gist of that video, I wanted the focus to be the MLB stepping in 2005. I think that was a pivotal moment in the rookie card. And then once I featured that, I, I came up with this part two of that series. It's called The Ten Commandments of the Rookie Card. And in there, I highlight the first five commandments are basically what the MLB, the standards that they put on the on the industry. And then the second five uh, of the commandments are basically what the hobby had perceived to be a rookie card at, at, the, at that time or what the rookie card is over the past decades. What we have embraced 
as what a rookie card is. So I included uh, those in there also to come up with that top 10 list or 10 commandments per se. And then thirdly is the future of the rookie card, which really I came back into collecting, Jim. I don't know. How are we on time? Are we good? Well, we're, we're, we're going to stop in just a little while because I'm trying to stay to my 15 minutes. But tell us about your third thing, and then let me make a comment, and we'll, we'll wrap for today, and I'll get you back for something else. Okay, yeah, the third video pertains to the future of the Beloved Rookie Card, which entails the issues that I see today in the hobby that I feel have a, a way of actually perhaps hurting the hobby long term. And that is in, in proper communication and that sort of thing. But also dealing with, Jim, what I feel is the there's a certain criteria that is met a standard. And, and collectors, we have influence. We can we have influence in the hobby, but we don't really have the authority on, on certain things about the rookie card because it's legality issues. And in, in my opinion, anyways, we have to structure our opinions of what a rookie card is. It has to be based upon what the league says it is. I think I'm going to stop now, but I can't stop without responding to that because I think you make some good points. But first of all, I don't know. Again, the, the problem, it's not a coincidence that I sold the company, my company in 2005, and that's when this happened. I did not see it eye to eye. I had uh, other potential solutions in mind. I do respect your work. And again, looking forward, again, the people will decide. And so I know you're talking about legalities, but just go on eBay and people are calling things rookie cards that are so it's a free world, I think, to call something what you want to call it. But again, I'm a big guy, a, a big uh, proponent of bringing order out of chaos. And there was chaos. And in 2005, I think I just kind of saw handwriting on the wall. And that for me to be going against what uh, a significant part of the industry wanted in terms of simplification was me needing to to compromise on my end. Not, a, not an unhappy decision, but again, I probably would have done something different if I were but I didn't. And again, I, I want the hobby to be strong and I want people coming into the hobby not to be confused. And the RC logo and all that stuff, I think those are steps in the right direction. So. The man.